Amen. Come on, stand to your feet and turn to First, Second Chronicles, chapter number seventeen in your Bibles. Second Chronicles, actually, make that Second Chronicles, chapter twenty. Second Chronicles, chapter number twenty in your Bibles. And we're going to start reading in verse number one. Now, just so you know, uh, pretty much in the, the duration of this message, we will be uh, in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Are you Second Chronicles chapter 20? Let's start reading in verse number one. And it happened after this that the people of Moab... And the people of Amnon and others with them, besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are Hazazar and Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all of Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, you are, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms? Of the nations, and in your hand is there not power and might, so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And they dwell in it, and you have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, We will stand before this temple in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now, here are the people of Amnon, Moab, Mount Seir, who you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bow at this moment before you because your word is forever settled in heaven. Through the proclamation of your word, men are made wise, men are saved, men are delivered, and men can fall back into relationship with you. Father God, we want to draw nearer to you than ever before. And you are our help, Holy Spirit. So will you come and help us today, empower your people today? Give us a word that will not just give us a momentary gratification, but a word that will forever change us 
and mold us more into the image of your son. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence this morning. A few weeks ago, we kicked off a brand new series entitled Vertical. We kicked off this series talking about the call to pray. We said in that particular message that God has summoned his people to be the instrument that will champion and lead change in a crooked and perverse generation. The Bible says, if my people who are called by his name will humble themselves to pray, seek his face, turn from their wicked ways, God said he would heal. So we understand that much of what God wants to do, he wants to do through the life of the church. And then we follow that message up. We're talking about being persistent in our prayer life. Obviously, there are some times when we are praying, when we're seeking God, that sometimes, oftentimes, God is not on our time schedule. And we have a tendency sometimes to give up praying or to stop praying as we should because God doesn't move at the pace that we like. And so in Luke chapter number 18, Jesus gave a parable, and the parable basically taught how that all, the men ought always to pray and never faint. No matter how hard life is, no matter what the challenge is, no matter what things look like in the natural, how many know that God wants you praying? Come on, y'all got to help me this morning. How many know God wants you praying? And so October is traditionally our prayer month. It's a time where we take time to pray and seek the Lord. And so we begin what we call Consecration Week tomorrow. And from 7 to 8.30 every night, we will be uh, worshiping, spending time in the Word, praying and believing God in a very significant way. So our theme for this year, you might have saw the sign that was right outside the door. Our theme for this year is Wake Up America. How many of you know that our nation needs prayer? How many of you know that God has, God has commissioned the church to be the agent of change and to lead the way in bringing about the change that God wants to happen? So although this is our theme, we also have reserved this time for personal reflection, prayer, and issues that perhaps affect you personally. I'm pretty sure that many of you are going through some things. You're seeking God and you're believing God for something. I don't know uh, what everybody is going through, but this is a time that we have set aside to seek the Lord through fasting and praying. And I'm convinced that prayer is the bedrock of any church. In fact, I would go as far as to say that if a church is not praying or committed to praying, that church is not hearing from God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you're not committed to praying in your own personal life, it's very difficult to hear what God wants to say. How many know that God is still speaking today? God is still God is still talking. And that there's not a problem that this country is faced with. There's not a problem and an issue in your life, not one that God doesn't have an answer for. Do you hear what I'm saying? I don't care what you're going through. If you and I learn to seek God, God will respond. And God wants to respond. But we have to make the time to make sure that we are seeking him. So my prayer is, my prayer is that October not just be another, that, that, that our prayer month will be not just another October thing but that this becomes really a part of our DNA moving forward. In other words, that you really develop a passion 
for prayer, that you understand that prayer is the vehicle by which God does a lot of what he wants to do in your life. And so obviously, the more effective we are in it, the more results we're going to get. Prayer mostly is about relationship. How many know that more than anything, God wants to draw near to you? God wants to hear your voice. I can imagine what heaven is thinking when all the people of God decide to come together and say to the Lord, we're going to seek you. God, we're gonna, God, we're gonna put aside some things, Lord. Uh, God, we're gonna, we're gonna cut off the, you know, the TV. We're gonna cut off the internet. We're gonna walk away from Facebook for a week. I ain't getting no amens. God, 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 we, you know, because some of you just need to fast on Facebook. All right, so, 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 Lord, I'm gonna put all that aside. Why? Because how many know that this is a time to seek the Lord? This is the time. This is our time. So if you find yourself in a challenging way, this is the time to say, you know, God, God, I'm, I'm going to use this whole week and I'm going to seek you. Because how many know the Bible says where two or three are gathered, God is in the midst. You see, you see, when your faith is joined to my faith, how many know that's like supersizing our, our prayer life? You follow what I'm saying? See, I just bought this thing called, I just bought a brand new uh, battery blower. Anybody, did anybody realize they have blowers now you have batteries on them? But, but, but I could turn it up uh, to its highest place and it blows pretty good. But then they got that little, a little button. If I hit the booster on it, boy, that's the, uh, that, that little thing can move some leaves out of the way. How many know that when we come together, even you may have a personal prayer life, but when you join faith with somebody else, that boosts your faith. It boosts your prayer life and gets you quicker to God. So how many know that there's power in numbers? Oh, let me say it again. How many know there's power in numbers? So this morning, we're going to spend some time. We're going to talk about Jehoshaphat. Give you a little bit of background on Jehoshaphat as we move forward. And I said at the beginning of the message, we'll be here pretty much for the duration of the message. But Jehoshaphat, he was the son of Asa. And Asa was, he was official under David and Solomon. Y'all remember David and Solomon. He succeeded his father as the king of Judah. And we believe that Jehoshaphat was about 35 years old when he began to reign in Jerusalem. He reigned for about 25 years. And he was one of the amazing kings. If you ever read the book of Kings, you discover a lot of times there was a lot of kings that were not always doing the right thing. But he was one of the few that really had a heart for reform. Jehoshaphat was a passionate man of God, and he called everybody to justice. He had a, he had a reforming spirit. He attacked pagan idolatry of that day, and it was rampant in his day. And he sent people to teach about the Lord God of Israel. In other words, Jehoshaphat was a, was a kind of leader that brought people back to God. How many know that we need that kind of leader today? And so this was who Jehoshaphat was. And so Jehoshaphat finds himself in a situation now where he is being pressed by various nations that want to come up against him. And this, you know, he just happened to hear about this. All of a sudden, the word comes back, Jehoshaphat. You know, you're in trouble. You, you know, we got three nations at least that are going to come against you. So everybody got afraid. Everybody started wondering what we're going to do. But Jehoshaphat figured out exactly what to do. And so we're going to look at, we're going to draw some lessons and some things that I think will help us as we go forward this morning and as we enter into our consecration week. So I want you to really listen very carefully this morning. Because how many of you want to hear from God? 
How many of you really, I mean, talk, look, 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 I want everybody looking up here. How many of you really want to hear from God? You, you need a word from God. You want to get what God is saying. That's what this message is about this morning. And so we're going to look at how Jehoshaphat responded. So if you're here this morning and you want an answer and, and you're looking for God, you're going to get it. You, you're going to find, you're going to know exactly how to find him. So the first point is that Jehoshaphat, he set himself to seek the Lord. He set himself to seek the Lord. You see, Jehoshaphat realized the urgency of the moment. How many know that as our theme for this year is Wake Up America, how many know that we, we as a church need to recognize the, the severity of this moment? We got in our nation today, our young people are confused. They have no guidance in a lot of cases. Not only that, but the church is divided in many ways. I mean, one of the things we also need to say is wake up church. Amen. But the nation is divided. Racial and political tensions and the threat of terrorism. Our country is becoming more and more morally bankrupt. I even heard a guy the other day, there was whispering sounds of civil war. This is what the nation has come to. But how many know that if we seek the Lord, the Lord can change it on a dime? How many believe that? See, Jehoshaphat was surrounded with all of these problems. I mean, and it looked like that, that they were in a situation, they were a small nation. In fact, Israel was one of the smallest nations. And so they got all these, these, these big problems coming at them. And, and what Jehoshaphat did was the first thing he did, everybody say first thing. He didn't get a, listen, you know, because in the flesh, the natural thing to do is let's get the generals together, right? Because we got a war. Let's get everybody together. Let's sit down. Let's convene. Okay, let's talk about this. We need to develop a strategy because we got the enemy coming up against us. So, man, we, we need to come together, you know. We need to talk about this. You know, th- that would be norm. That would be what people do. But that's not what Jehoshaphat did. The first thing Jehoshaphat said is, Let's go talk to God about it. How I many church, I believe that we got that kind of attitude that whenever we're confronted with a problem, whenever we feel like we're being squeezed from on every side, the first thing we ought to do is let's go seek the Lord. Let's talk to God about it. Because how do you know God want to help, but we got we to come to him. So Jehoshaphat, he sought the Lord. And how do you know that seeking the Lord is going to involve some sacrifice? Everybody say sacrifice. <laughs> Dirty word in our culture today. But as you read the scriptures, and how many of you would say you know your Bible? But as you read the scriptures, you would see over and over again that the people of God were sacrificed, and God always responded to sacrifice. Abraham sacrifice. David sacrifice. Jesus sacrifice. Apostle Paul sacrifice. The Bible, in fact, said that we are a living sacrifice. So Jehoshaphat said, and hear this, that we're going to put everything else aside. Right now, nothing else matters. If he was here today, he would say, okay, I'm going to cut the TV off. I'm going I'm 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 to lay down my recreational activities for a little while. I'm going to break out of the, the mundane and the routine because this problem is such, I need to talk to the Lord. How many know that God will respond to people who think that way. So he put everything aside. Jeremiah 29, 13, I love this verse. It says, and you will seek me and find me, watch this church, when you search for me with all. Everybody say all. 
with all of your heart. That means everything, everything you got. That means no distractions. That means that you put everything aside. How many know that this is a time where we put everything aside and we say, Lord, I'm going after you. God, I'm going to seek you. Lord, I need you to move right here and right now. This is what Jehoshaphat did. He set himself to seek the Lord first. Secondly, Jehoshaphat proclaimed a fast. How many of you love fasting? Yeah, silence. How <laughs> I many you know the Bible said the man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God? Jehoshaphat needed to hear from God. The nation needed to hear from God. And so fasting became a main vehicle in which that was to happen. You see, what, does, what is fasting? Let me, let me explain to you what fasting is for a moment. Fasting is the deliberate abstinence from some form of physical gratification for a period of time in order to achieve a greater spiritual goal. Let me say that again. Fasting is the deliberate. Everybody say deliberate. This is what it is. The deliberate abstinence from some form of physical gratification for a period of time in order to achieve a greater spiritual goal. If you study the scriptures, you find just about everybody that God did anything significant in and through, they fasted. They believed God. Fasting was done in times when people were desperate. In Joel chapter 2, 12, one of my favorite verses in all the scripture, it says, now, for, now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me, turn to me with all of your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. It's in a time of intense focus on the Lord. The more challenging the times are, the more likely we are to fast. And Jesus said in the, New, in the New Testament, he didn't say if you fast. He said when. Everybody say when. How many know God expects his church to fast? When Israel needed a breakthrough in their circumstances, their emotions, their relationship, their nature, their future, they fasted and they prayed. They sought God. What does fasting do? When we fast, we show God that we are serious about getting his attention. I don't know about you, but I have to put down some of my favorite dishes. You know, I'm, I'm serious. You know, you have to put down chicken or steak, whatever it is, God, for a week. How many know that's serious business to some folk? It's serious business. So when we fast, we show God. We say, God, we are serious because, God, we're, we're, we're putting aside the very thing that we need to live, food, naturally. Fasting gives the Holy Spirit our Full attention. Fasting makes us more spiritually sharp. You want to know why sometimes we don't get victory in our life the way that we should? Because our flesh is, is, is our flesh is overrunning our spirit. And what fasting does is fasting empowers your spirit, man. Are y'all hearing me say amen? So in other words, so if you find yourself struggling with something, struggling with a sin, whatever the case might be, try fasting. Try fasting. And then when you fast now, watch this. Fasting, just fasting alone is not going to help you. Fasting coupled with prayer and feeding your spirit man. So if you find yourself at a, at a weak point in your flesh, how me know fasting, because what fasting does is it puts down your flesh, 
you, you then you empower your spirit, man, to override your flesh. So then in times of when you're dealing with situations in your life, then what happens is your spirit, man, has gotten stronger. Why? Be- because you have been feeding it. How many know that whatever man, the old man and new man, whichever one you feed the most, that's going to be the one that dominates. Are you hearing me? So whichever one you feed the most. So if you spend a lot of your time feeding the appetites of your sin nature, feeding the appetites of your flesh and less time in the word of God, in prayer and and, and seeking God, then you're going to reap what you sow. You will not be a spiritual giant. You will not be able to overcome some things in your life. And so fasting, it empowers my spirit. See, the question is this. Listen to me, church. The question is this. How bad do we want an answer? How bad do we want deliverance? I know I hear people say all the time, I want to be delivered. Really, how bad do you want it? How do you know that when people want something really bad, they'll do what they got to do to make it happen? Are you hearing what I'm I'm saying? I mean, see, see, if they're going to if they want to win a Super Bowl, how many know they'll come to camp in the hot sun? They'll go through injury, broke legs. You follow what I'm saying? They're going through all kind of stuff. Why? Because they want it badly. They want it. See, the question is, how bad do you want God to move? How bad do you need him? How, how, How much are you believing him? Do we want it enough to give up gratification? Then my challenge is to come with fasting and praying. Show God. If you look the scriptures, and I don't have time to show you because I, I, I'm, I'm dealing with a limited amount of time, but you search the scriptures. Whenever the people of God fast, God showed up. You don't even have to take my word for it. When the people of God start fasting, even if they ain't right, when they start fasting and call out on the name of the Lord, all of heaven stops and say, hold up, wait a minute, wait a minute. These, these folks are serious. Look at this. They ain't eating. Before every, listen, before, oftentimes before every great move of God, it starts with fasting. Because why do you have to do that? Because I need to hear God. And what fasting does is it sharpens my spirit, man. It empowers my spirit, man. It put me in a position where where I can hear God better. And how many know that you got so many distractions happening in your life right now? It's hard to hear God. Some of us say we're hearing God. I, you know, come on. (laughs) A lot of times we miss God because we're not hearing like we should be hearing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Fasting will help us with that. Thirdly, Jehoshaphat stood with the assembly in the house of the Lord. Look at verse number five in 2 Chronicles. So then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly. That's the, that means with the people of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. Now understand something that in the Old Testament that the people of God just could not, even throughout, that the people of God just could not go and worship God any place, anywhere they wanted to. You know, they had to build a tabernacle and they built a tabernacle and that tabernacle was called the meeting place. It was the place where the people of God will come together. How many know that the people of God need to come together today? See, so so what they did was they always they came together and God designated designated a place for them to worship him. In the New Testament, for an example, I'll give you a, a, a New Testament verse that further this point. In Acts 2, verses 44 to 47, it says this. So continuing daily, actually, in, let's, let's start in verse 44 in Acts chapter 2. Now, all who believe, all who believe were together. Y'all, y'all get that? Where were they? 
Come on, church. Come on. All, they were together. All who believed, they were together. In other words, they were deliberate. Remember I said that thing earlier that there's power and numbers when the people of God come to faith and we come to chum together and we lock our faith and you lock my faith and your faith and we believe God together. How many knows power in that? Now, all who believe were together and they had all things in common and they sold their possessions. How many know that, that, that how many know they were deep in the God at this point? I mean, they're selling their stuff off. And their goods, and they divided among them as anyone had need. Look at verse 46. So continuing daily with one accord, where? Where? Well, I'm not going to stay at home. I'll just worship. Then you stay at home, but you won't be blessed that way. Not when the call is to come together. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The call is to come together. Are y'all, y'all hearing that this morning? So that's, that's, the, that's the call. And so, they, and so we see this pattern throughout Scripture that the people of God, that they came together and they worshiped. How I many know that our call this week is right here at Monkey Elementary School? Listen to me. Hear me, church. If you still listen, say amen. Unless you got to work, unless you can't breathe, you should be here every day next week. Why? Because that's the call. That's our time to seek God. It's our time to come together and believe God. People say, man, I want God to move. A lot of times that is illustrated in our prayer life and how, how bad do we want it? How bad do you want to reach Stafford? How bad do you want the city? How I many know God is watching? God is looking. How I many know we want to get God's attention? Amen. Number four. Fourth point. Jehoshaphat's prayer was focused and intense. I love his prayer. Now, now understand, so as we read this, Jehoshaphat's prayer is really kind of, 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 a, of a pattern. Because I don't know about you, but when I'm studying the Bible and I'm really trying to get answers to my prayer, a lot of times what I do is I go study the scriptures in the Bible where people pray. A while, and and, and it, it, particularly when they pray and God move. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Because, because I, I, I don't know if, if God did it for them, how do you know God would do it for you? <laughs> if he did it back then, he'll do it today. If God parted the Red Sea back then, don't tell me God won't do it today. If God healed back then, don't tell me God won't do it today. How many know that he's the same today, yesterday, and forever? So look at this. Look at this. In, 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 uh, let's look at verse number 6 in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20. And, and he said, oh, Lord God, here's his prayer. So Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly, verse 5, and of Judah, Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord before the new court. Watch this. And he said, O Lord God of our fathers, look at this. Are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there more power and might so that no one is able to withstand you. So the first thing Jehoshaphat did was he reminded God of, of who he is. See, when we come together, come on, church, every time we come together, particularly when it's corporate worship or even in a private moment, the first thing you need to do is remind God of who he is. Not, it's not, listen, it's not that God don't know who he is, but you need to remind it for yourself because you need to know who he is. He's the same God. He's the one in charge. He's the one that's control, in control. He's the one that's running things. He's the one that has the power to fix it. Aren't you not the Lord God of Israel who did it? And then look at verse number 79. Are you not our God 
who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever. And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster come upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence for your name is in this temple and cry out to you in our affliction. And you said, God, you would hear. See, Jehoshaphat reminded God of what he did. See, how many know that we need to make it personal? See, we need to remind God. God, God, weren't you, what, God, weren't you the same one that parted that Red Sea? God, w- w- listen, weren't you the same one that turned the water into wine? Watch this. Well, let's, let's make it personal. Uh, God, aren't you the same God? God, you were the one who gave me this job in the first place. Come on. God, you were the one who defeated my enemy. God, when people were coming up against me and God, I didn't know what to do, but I cried unto the Lord and God, you delivered me from my enemies. God, I remember you're the same God that did it. God, you were the one who provided for me when I had no transportation, when I had no food, when I had no money. I didn't know how I was going to make it. I didn't know how I was going to how I was going to come out of this. Are you not that same God? God, I remember last time. Oh, come on, church. I remember last time, God, when I was here, you made a way for me. I remember where I was. I remember the day. I remember the time. I remember the hour. And God, you made a way out of no way. And God, we rejoice and we celebrate it and we shout it because God, you made a way. I remember, aren't you that same God? God, you were the one who gave me this husband. God, you was the one who gave me this wife. Some of you, your marriage is in trouble. And I know what you think, oh, God, oh, God. But, but you need to go back to where it was. Weren't you the same one, the same God? When I saw her, I said, oh, God, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. What's the matter now? Aren't you the same God that brought us together? Then you can be the same God that can fix my marriage. Oh, come on, give Jesus praise, cloud. Come on, come on, God, God can fix it. See, we need to remind him. And he reminded, watch this, and he, in verses 79, he reminded God, God, this is your temple. In other words, here's what, here's what Jehoshaphat was saying. God, your name is on this. How many know God, when God's name on the line, how many know God to come through? But when God's name is on the line, you see, they, they, they said to him, see, Moses said one time, remember when God got mad at the people of Israel, they weren't acting right? And, and God says, I'm going to wipe them all out, step out of the way. And Moses said, oh, hold up, God, don't do that. Because see, all the enemies now, they're going to talk about you, how you were able to bring them out, but you couldn't bring them in. And God said, hold up, I can't do it because God's name See, and so when we come before the throne of God, we say, Lord God, you got to change this situation because God, how many know that if you're walking with God, listen to me, you got, the, you got God down on the inside of you. And how many know that wherever you walk, he's with you? God, your name is on. God, I'm going to lay hands on this person and I'm going to believe you right here in the grocery store. God, your name. God, I told them that you're a healer. God, I told them that you're a deliverer. God, I told them that you'll make a way out of no way. God, so God, your name is on this. How many know God will defend his name? Oh, God will defend. See, that's how, that was Joe Hatchford that Joe Hatchford said, this ain't my thing. <laughs> it ain't mine. 
No, no, God, you were the one who brought me out of this. You were the one who called me. You were the one who put, you were the one who did it. God, I'm trusting you got to do this. You got to do this because ain't no other way it's going to get done. And then then he makes a request in the form of a question. (laughs) Oh, God. Verse number 12. He says, oh, oh, our God, will you not judge them? Can I interpret? In other words, get them. (laughs) Get them. God, they're coming up against me. God, I mean, I, I've done nothing wrong. God, I've been, I, I've been serving you faithfully. How many know what I'm talking about? Come on, tell me somebody. God, I've been serving you faithfully. I've been loving you. I've been believing you. I've been walking with you. And God, here they come. This comes out of nowhere, God. Will you not step? Will you not get them, God? Would, would, would you not, God, would you not take care of this? See, how many know that when we come to God, we got to come ask him something? We got to ask him for something. You know, that's amazing. People say we're going to come to pray. But you don't come, you don't come asking God for anything. Listen to me. The Bible says, watch this. Y'all listen and say amen. The Bible said there's some things we don't get because we don't ask. Oh, God. I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to hear heaven say to me, boy, if you had asked me, I'd have gave it to you, but you never asked. One thing heaven won't have a problem with. Now, there's a lot of problem with Pastor Gary, but one thing heaven won't have a problem with is that Pastor Gary got an asking problem because I ask. Because I listen, because he said you have not because you ask. He says, see, after he said all that, his whole point was, and this is how we got to pray, his whole thing, he was building up to something. His, his whole prayer was a build up to God, to what I want. See, how many know that when we come and believe God this week, we need to be asking, we need to come and be saying, we need to think like, like what, what do I want God to do? What, what am I, what am I, so don't walk in here having not a mind that's already been, been meditating and think about this thing. Walk through the door with something you come to bring to God, a petition, if you will, that you want God. How many know the Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in, by prayer and supplication, watch this. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then look at verse number 12. He says, oh, Lord God, you will, not, will you not judge him? For we have no power, here it is, church, against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are where? I don't know what to do. God, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to do with my cousin. God, I don't know what to do with my husband. I don't know what to do with my wife. I don't know what to do with my children. I don't know what to do with my boss. I don't know what to do with this financial situation. I, I, don't, know, I, don't, I don't know what to do, God, when I see all this racial division. I don't know what to do with all these people so mad. I don't know what to do, Lord, when people seem so blind. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are upon you. See, wait, see, how many know God loves it when his people get in a desperate situation? Because see, here's what happened. Because we are so stubborn, we'll fight to the end. We'll keep fighting, we'll keep fighting, and God will let you. He will let you. God will let you do what you think you ought to do until you finally come to a place where you say, I don't know what to do. And when you get there, that's what God say. I've been waiting all along for you to say it. Now listen to me. So God brings us to a place where we say, I, I don't have any answers. Is anybody in this room, you don't have any answers for your problems? You, you don't have any, you, I mean, you don't have an answer. So, so, what, so your attitude is, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes, oh, I, I, see, my eyes are upon you. You see, his prayer confirmed that he was dependent 
on God. See, a lot of times we think we're depending on God, but not really. How many know that we're really depending on God? We're depending on him when our covers are full. We're depending on him when we have lack. We're depending on him in all seasons. You ever notice that people tend to rely on God and depend on God a little bit more when they're going through a bad situation? Uh, I, y'all don't want to talk to me, but I'm, I'm going to preach it. You know, when, you, when you're in the dump, when, when, when you done blew it, when you're going through a hard, boy, it's easy to call on the name of the Lord. But it's a little bit more challenging when it's sunny and 80 outside and everything is going right. Because, man, there's a lot of sun out here today. I don't think I'm going to go to church. I think I just got to hang tight. You follow what I'm saying? It's easier to seek God when things are hard. But see, but see, what we really need to do is we need to learn to seek God in good times and in bad times. Paul says, I learn to be content in whatever state I'm in. He said, I know how to abound, and I know how to do it when I'm at my lowest point. He said, brother, brother, I'm always trusting God. Number five, look at this. God answered Jehoshaphat's prayer and assured him of who was in charge. Look at verse 14 and 17. Then the Lord, watch this. Oh, God, just so much. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Beniah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asa in the midst of the assembly. And he said, watch this. Listen, all of you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, you king and you king Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you. Now, I want you to get this. So the people were together. All right. They were together. And a prophetic word came. Watch this. While the people were together. You see, Everything God wants to say to you may not just come in a four to five minute sermon I'm preaching here on Sunday. There's sometimes the prophetic word will come from somebody else in the pew. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And if you ain't here, you'll miss it because you're looking for it here. Sometimes it's right there to the person who's sitting beside you to your left, to your right, or who may be in front. You don't know how God's going to speak to you. Oh, watch this, church. So the the prophet came. He said, watch this. Do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God. Look at the name and say, but God. Tomorrow, go down against them. Watch this now. I want you to stay with me. They will surely come up by the scent of this. Now, revelation coming. See, now, see, sometimes you got to wrestle with God until you get an answer. Y'all know what I'm saying. So revelation coming. Now he's getting some clear direction. And you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jurel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Watch this. Position yourself. Everybody say position yourself. Say position yourself. Come on. Say it again. Position yourself. Oh, see, 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 watch this, church. How many know, and this is my next point, how many know that right position is the key to breakthrough prayer? Oh, y'all didn't get that. I got one person who got it. Right position is the breakthrough. And it, it, it is the key to, 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 to breakthrough prayer. See, there are a lot of people who won't get a breakthrough because they're out of position. Y'all, y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying? See, a lot of people, see, in other words, not where you're supposed to be. You see, I heard, I heard, I heard a, a, a bishop say this the other day, a Bishop Lacey. He said, he says, no one deposits and invests money into a vending machine that says out of order. Have you ever gone to, when you see, when you see a vending machine set out of order, what do you do? Do you still put money in it? Yeah, you know, fool, come on. 
You ain't going to put no money in no vending machine if the thing is, if it's science, if things is out of order, what are you going to do? Keep stepping. Then how many know God will not deposit his anointing on people who are out of order? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Order facilitates the, 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 the move of God. How many know? See, see, those people could have said this. They could have said this. Y'all, y'all still with me? Say amen. They could have said, well, I know Jehoshaphat said we're going we're gonna to pray, but you know what? I ain't going to pray. I'm going I'm I'm to I'm I'm stay home. I'm going to fast and pray by myself. Which usually mean you ain't going to fast and pray. <laughs> usually. That's the truth. I'm just speaking truth. All right? So they, they could have said, man, I ain't going to, you know, when, when the apostles in, in the New Testament said, hey, everybody, we need to come together. We need to meet in Tim on a regular basis. There was nobody sitting there saying, I ain't going to do that. How many know that the minute that spirit is in the house, how many know it's an out of order spirit? And watch this. It affects the whole thing. Like, y'all remember the battle of Ai? Does anybody know their scriptures? Does anybody know the Bible? Y'all, y'all, y'all remember that Joshua's about to take, a, take the, I mean, they were on their route to, to defeating their enemies, and there were one joker, I forget his name. Anybody remember his name? Aiken. Thank you, sister. Aiken. He, he, he stole something. He wasn't supposed to take it. And that little thing that just he did, it stopped the whole move of God. And I'm thinking to myself, like, God, why that little joker just beat him up? Why, he gotta, why that got to be stopping my blessing? I mean, come on, God. I mean, but how many know when God's anointing want to move, how many know when God really want to get ready to move, everybody got to be in the right position? Everybody say right position. You, you got to be in the right place. You got to be where you're supposed to be. See, right position. When I say right position, that means emotionally, spiritually, physically. See? You got to be in the right position. See, the Bible says, it says here that God's going to fight the battle. Aren't you glad to hear that this morning? But watch this. God's going to fight the battle, but you still got to come out and pray. Call, that's, look at the name, say position. See, God's going to give you the job, but you still have to look for the job. Everybody say position. God's going to give you a breakthrough, but you're still going to have to deal with some hardship. Everybody say position. God's going to deal with your enemy, but you still have to love your enemy. Say position. <laughs> See, God, God wants you to forgive. Say position. In other words, being in the right frame of mind spiritually is the key to breakthrough. You follow what I'm saying? No rebellious attitude. No attitude. There was nothing that here. These people, they said, look, how many know that God commands his blessing on people that are unified. How many know that just because a bunch of people come together don't mean they're unified? Unity comes from within. Are are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So we need to to stop faking it and start saying, God, either God change my heart or redirect me. But God, whatever you do, we got to be on one accord. I don't know about you, but I want to hear God, and I don't want you tripping. I don't want you messing up my blessing. Look at your neighbor and say, don't mess up my blessing. No, better yet, look at the neighbor and say, don't mess up the move of God. So we got to be in the right. So he says, he says, position yourself. All right? You ain't going to have to fight. God's going to do it, but God requires position. 
That's it. God said, I'm going to do it, but you got to be in the right position. There's a lot of people that are missing it because they're not in the right position. Hear me when I say that. I mean, when God is moving, how many know that, that, that when the Bible talks about when Jesus comes, that, that we don't know when the day, that I, we don't know when, when he's coming. But I don't know about you, but I want to be doing the right thing when he comes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I don't want to miss some come being stupid. I want to get the whole shebang, the whole enchilada, baby. I want it all. I don't want to miss part of the movie. How many know, how many know when you go, to, go see a movie? Who likes to start watching a movie in the middle of the movie? Come on. Who likes to do that? No, baby, I want to see the whole, rewind that thing back, but baby, y'all, no, baby, rewind it all. I want to see it from the top. I want to see, I want to capture everything God got for me. So you know what? I'm going to get in the right spot. Some places ought not go. It ain't because, it's not because you can't. It's just because when God get ready to move, you need to be in position. Some places you can't be. Some people you can't hang out with because you need to be in position because God ain't going to wait up for you. I've learned that church. When God gets ready to move, it's quick, it's fast. I mean, you ever seen that? Some of us have been walking with God for a long time. God, you've been praying and things ain't moving, and all of a sudden, bam! God moved. And when God moved, He moved quick. Somebody's going to get a quick move from God this week. I'm believing. God's going to do a quick move because our folk going to be in position. We're going to be in the right place. We're going to be in the right place in our spirit, in our emotion, physically. We're going to be believing God. Look at the neighbor and say, Believe God. That's the next point. That's what Jehoshaphat told him in verse number 20. Look at this. We, we started getting ready to land the plane. But this is in verse 20, he says, So they arose early in the morning, and they went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, look at this, church. Jehoshaphat stood, and he said, watch this. Hear me, O Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe, believe in the Lord your God. and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. How many know that faith without works is dead? How many know that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God? See, don't come in here this week. Watch this, church. How many know that we don't want to come? See, we come in. Now, obviously, we're talking about consecration week because we got that going on. But think beyond consecration week. Whenever you come into the house of God, whenever you're expecting something from God, how many know that we need to come believing? Uh, uh, we don't come, oh, here we go. I'm tired. Oh, I got work to do. I got to get out of here and get this service. Oh, I got, I got to fast and pray again. Oh, God, the whole week. Oh, God, that's a sacrifice. Well, you don't want God to move. God, how many know God ain't going to move with that? But boy, when the people come into the door, fired up, ready. Man, I've been waiting for this moment all week, all day. I've been praying, and I can't wait for what God has in store for me. Don't tell me God that won't get God's attention. See, what, you, what are you believing God for? You see what you're saying? See, it's what you're believing him for. So if you believe, see, he said, believe. That's what I told him. He said, believe. Trust, believe. In other words, walk into this thing with an attitude of faith. I'm going to believe God's going to fix this. I don't know how. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to pull it off. But you know what? I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe. I don't even know. Brother, how's he going to do it? I don't know. But with it, I don't know. I'm just going to, I'm going to believe that the problem going to get fixed one way or another because I serve a God who is able. Look at the neighbor and say, he's able. 
to do exceeding abundantly above all that I could ever ask or think. Now watch this. Now, so lastly, oh, two points, I'm done. <clears throat> so Jehoshaphat, here's the next point. Jehoshaphat worshiped ahead of the victory. I'm going to spend a moment on this one. Come on, do me a favor, stand up for a second. Everybody stand up. Stand up. Come on, stand up for one second. All right, just do like this, like you're ready to get in a fight. There you go. There you go. All right, you ready? All right, now everybody sit down. All right. Sit down, sit down, sit down. <laughs> Got your exercise in early this morning. So I ain't come to church thinking I'm going to get that. See, he worshiped ahead of the victory. Look at verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, now, God already answered. God is moving. Prophetic word came to people getting in position. This is part of that position. He appointed those who were saying to the Lord. Look at this. And who would praise the beauty. Everybody say the beauty of holiness. And as they went out, watch this now. Are you catching this? Are you still what I'm saying? They went out before. Everybody say before. The army. Wait a minute. Now, if I'm going in a war, it seems logical to me that when I'm getting ready to fight, that I just put the musicians in the back. Why am I going to put the musicians in the back? I'm going to fight. Brother, we need some, we need some guns. We need some Why? What, what, what the flute going to do? What the drummer going to do? No, put them joking. No, no. Y'all getting back. Put the, put the, put the real, put the battle, put the army in the front. No, 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 no. That's not the way it works. Look at this. He says, so watch this. He says, he, so he put them out ahead, and here's what they did. They, watch this. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now look at verse 22. It's still with me. Say amen. Now when they, watch this. Now when they begin to sing. Well, I can't sing. That don't matter. Ain't got nothing to do with whether or not you can sing or not. When they, everybody say they, Begin to sing and to praise. Watch this. The Lord set ambush against the people of Ammon. Now, what provoked that? What provoked it? Their worship, their praise. See, it wasn't until they started to sing. Folks, that wasn't an accident. How many know? See, there's a lot. Can I, can I, can I pick this a little bit? Can y'all give me a little bit of liberty to pick on? See, see, some of you have been wired. Look, well, hold on. Some of you, listen. You come to church when the worship is over by design. You don't even try to make it because you don't understand the power of your worship. You don't understand that worship set this temple or sets the foundation for breakthrough. That's why when you're in here, you're not feeling anything because you what you came out of order. You weren't here. Oh, come on. The worshipers go in front. Of, they are, they're in front. And when they, they listen, and when they started to sing, God brought an ambush. See, God loved it when his people just start singing because singing before the thing even gets started is your faith call. And how many know? And God responds to faith. You need to learn how to get the church. Look at the neighbor and say, "On time." Listen, listen. The worship is good here. Amen. And, and so, listen. So we need to get here on time. Why? Because it sets the stage. See, until we praise like we got it, we won't get it. Did y'all get that? Until you praise like you got it, you won't get it. 
See, see, they were, they were, they just started singing in, everybody say position. They were in position. And, 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 it's, and it's amazing to me that God didn't do nothing. It's like, it's like soon they start singing, God said, uh-oh, now is the time. See, that's why we start every service. That's why we start every activity with what? Worship. Some of you don't understand the power of your worship. You don't understand. See, see, see. See, what you don't understand is that your worship is your sword. That is your bullet. Your worship. See, how many know worship is your first shot in spiritual warfare? Let me say again. Worship is your first. Everybody say first. That's your first shot in spiritual warfare. And boy, when you fire that shot, boy, all of hell starts shaking. Because what you done did now, you done stepped out of the natural and you stepped into the realm of the supernatural. See, now you're not, now you, you're going to another, see, when you start worshiping God, that means you're stepping out. That's why we have time of worship. Because how many know some of us, we come here, we're not, we're, not, we're not where we need to be. And so worship helps bring us out of that and bring us to where we need to be. Get us into position so God can set ambush. Everybody say ambush. ambush yeah. How many know finally, God gave them the victory. Look at, look at verse 23 and 24. You don't have to take my word for it. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against, <laughs> stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, watch this, they helped to destroy one another. Ain't that something? Verse 24, so when Judah came to the place overlooking that they weren't about to look toward, they looked toward the multitude, and there were dead bodies falling from the earth. No one had escaped. How many know that's a move of God? God routed the enemies. But don't miss why, why, don't miss how they got there. Don't miss how they routed the enemy. How many know that God want to route some enemies? How many know we got some enemies in our lives? We got the enemy of our soul, and God want to route them. But, but listen, but listen, don't miss how they got there. These folks, the leader called, listen, he said, look, we're going to fast and we're going to pray. We're going to call out on the name of the Lord. The people responded. And when the people responded, when they got, everybody got in one accord in their heart. Everybody say in their heart. God heard it. And then God gave them a prophetic word. The word didn't come from Jehoshaphat. It came from just somebody we don't even know a whole lot about. He was just there praying. So you don't know that maybe you need to show up because maybe God will speak to you. Maybe God will speak through you to everybody else. You don't know what God will do if you get into position. So they get into position, and God bless. They get a prophetic word, and, and God routes the enemy. I don't know about you, but I'm believing that this week, God is going to route the enemy. Oh, I, I, anybody else believing that with me? I'm believing that when, the, when we come together and pray, when we sacrifice, when we say, Lord, we're going to believe you. We don't know how to do this. God, this is bigger than us. This situation is complex. But God, one thing we do know how to do, and we're going to call on the name of the Lord. Some of you right now, you tell you say, well, pastor, I got some problems. Pastor, I got some issues. Pastor, I'm just, you know, pastor, I got all these things going on. Then here's the thing. Don't come talk to me about all the problems unless you're willing to step out in faith and pray and believe God. Because at the end of the day, how many know 
The pastor ain't your savior. Folks ain't your savior. Who's your helper? God. So we need to see God. Now, if you want to do something, let's seek him together. Well, pastor, it's going, it's going to be a sacrifice. Sacrifice. If you need to, I'm taking most of the week off. I don't even really have to leave, but I'm going to take it. Because this is bigger than just this. This is, this is about lives. How many know that what we're doing is about people's lives? It's about souls. This is just not some act. How many know the church is not just something that we do on Sunday because we're bored? No, brother, this is a fight for lives. This stuff is real. This is the people out there dying even as we speak. They are walking dead people outside of that door. We're trying to reach them with the gospel. This is not a game. This is for real. This is about life and death, literally. And there's no way that we can reach people, no way that we can call people out of darkness into the marvelous light until we seek God. This is our time. This is our moment. Will you step out and we together say, we know what, we're going to believe God this week. And I don't know what you're going through, brother, but you know what, whatever it is, let's, let's take it to God together. Let's lock hands. Come on. Let's, let's go up together. And we're going to believe God. We're going to believe God. Every head is bowed, every eyes closed.